passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm here with our guy, legendary 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Two straight dubs? Doing great. <laughs> Halfway there. Yep. And quite honestly, if we do end up winning this series, knock on wood, um, I'm going to say, Eric, you've had, when you made that call that, you know, we, we could, Still winning six games, you know, winning four straight. I was like, you know, like Eric was, he had some conviction when he said that. Like, every time you make a call, you have, you're such, you're so passionate about it. I'm like, you know what? I think uh, Eric's right, man. So I'm never, I will never doubt you ever again if that does end up happening. That comes to fruition. <laughs> well, I'm going to stick with it. I made the call. I got to stick with it. <laughs> Marcus, Marcus bet his mortgage on us winning in six, Eric. <laughs> That's a little different, though. We put money. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, I, I did not do that, but I did. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I put a couple. I put a couple bucks on it uh, before the series. It was like plus three hundred um, for us to win the series. Not mm-hmm. not a specific uh, game, but yeah. If I had done in six, I think that would have been a lot of money. Actually, I've never yeah. bet on sports before. Okay, well, we, you guys got to teach me how to do that. We, we got you. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get before we get to the weekend of the uh, of all the games, um, and obviously you know there's a lot to talk about on that. There's been kind of a little beef brewing between uh, kind of the old generation and the new generation. Um, so Shaq had said uh, last week that um, that he that Gobert wouldn't be able to guard him, mm-hmm. and then Gobert kind of fired back at him, saying that he would lock Shaq down, and that's kind of getting a lot of people's uh, input. Everyone's kind of everyone's kind of like teaming up against Gobert, like talking Gobert um, on this whole thing. Eric, I want to get your um, your takeaway on this whole thing. You, you think uh, Gobert would would lock Shaq up? First off, I think Gobert is 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 very excited to respond back because he knows he, he never has to guard Shaq. <laughs> so that's one thing. I mean, why not? Why not shoot back? Um, but I I was there personally um in two thousand one when, you know, the the best defensive center that I played with, who's uh in the Hall of Fame, 
one of the best shot blockers to ever play, um, defended him. And I can't see Gobert's doing any better than Deke. The campaign's um, a pretty good player comp for Gobert, yeah. too, right? Like a modern-day Gobert, I'd say. Yeah, I, I, I would say they're they're more comparable than Gobert and Shaq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I would say that, you know, Shaq is just a guy that no one really was like, I'm going to lock him down. Like, I've never heard that. I've never heard a guy say that. It was probably we, we as a team, or we trapping them, and we're mm-hmm. going to try, but I've never heard a guy say, I'm going to. So, you know, um, you know, I think some people took it a little too serious, uh, what Gobert was saying, um, because I don't think it's not really think. I know it's not likely that he can do that mm-hmm. or he would have been able to do that. That's what a lot of people are saying. They don't even think he believes that he's just saying it. Yeah, he yeah. I mean, why not say it? I mean, it's not going to ever happen. So why not? Why not, you know, stand up to someone that's you feel that's picking on you? Not to dive too deep, but do you think – when they play would be a factor. Because I think I think Shaq would pick up a lot more offensive fouls now in today's world, today's game. No, it wouldn't because Shaq's – the best part of – and I believe I've said this on a on, on previous show, the best part of Shaq's offense is was him to post, throw it out, and repost. And there was no way to go there with his size would be able to stop that. You can't front him. So that part of it is where I think he would – get hurt. So the Shaq wouldn't have to necessarily charge him or go through him because I don't think Gobert could stop him from getting his position. You, you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So I don't, yeah. I don't think there was anything that he could do. He gets so deep know. on him. Yes, he would get so deep that he would just turn and dunk it. So yeah. I think that would be more of uh, and then he could try to front him, but he would just push him up the lane and just throw it over top. So I, Or they reseal and, and throw it from the corner. It's just different things that you can do. I just, just know from no matter when you play, if Shaq was, you know, of course you can look at Shaq at the end of his career, but at the end of his career, he could still score. Um, yeah. But, but I just think that, you know, from that standpoint, it's just the size difference and in, in, in the, in the power that Shaq had. Like, you know, it's – you just look – just ask guys that they defended him. I mean, it's guys that defended Shaq that kind of play – after Shaq, they played against other guys. Like, that's just not anything that guys would ever say is, hey, I'm going to lock him up. Like, I've never heard that about him. Yeah. Ever. Well, they never wanted to give Shaq extra incentive to whoop their ass either. That's why they were like. Yeah, so that's why a guy can say it now that's never going to play against Shaq. So. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like talking shit to the guy once you have, like, a like a barricade of people in between you. Then then you got the guy <laughs> mouthing off in the background and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows no one's going to get to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, it, hopefully Gobert kind of stops this whole thing just because, you know, Shaq has, you know, has a big platform. So he can, he, he can continue to skewer Gobert if it continues with this whole bantering back and forth. And so far... But Shaq's I, not going to stop. Yeah, no, he's definitely going to stop. Shaq can, Shaq can get real petty. He's going to remember this for the next, like, 10 years, Gobert. <laughs> Every time he sees Gobert get dunked on, they're going to play a highline. Be like, yeah, he can, guard me. He can, he can guard me, huh? He can guard me? Okay. Every time something happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, going to uh, the six or so, going to this weekend um, after, uh, you know, NBA came back and Eric made the call that with or without NBA, we were going to win 
Uh, game three, we did, and then we ended up winning game four. So it's 2-2 now. Um, so, yeah, we took down the Heat Friday night, winning 99-79. Uh, it was the lowest scoring playoff game from the, from the Heat uh, since 2013 when they scored 77 against the Spurs. And ironically, that's another game where Danny Green had seven threes. So he had seven threes in both those games, which you could say Danny Green's the Heat killer. Um, and, then, and then again, Sunday night. Uh, where we tied the series up. Um, so, yeah, it's 2-2 now. We won 116-108 in that game. Um, so, yeah, in these two games, as I mentioned, we saw vintage Danny Green, and then we saw on, on Sunday we saw vintage James Harden. Um, a nice, it was a nice Mother's Day uh, victory um, for, for the fellas. But uh, what did you guys see uh, Friday and Sunday night um, from the Sixers? Well, I mean, I, <clears throat> previously, you know, after the first two games, the one thing that I spoke about is I thought that the Heat played better, and I thought they played harder. That, those are the two things that really stuck out to me. Yes, they you know they defended well, they extended their defense, but I think going into games three and four, that wasn't the case. I think that you know they made runs or they did play you know a different scenario, but I thought we played harder. I thought we played better, and I thought we defended better. Um, even you know Bible guys that I, I thought wasn't really defended as well. We from a standpoint of getting things done in order to win the basketball game. I thought we were better at that. We kind of took them out of some sets. They had, you know, Jimmy went off and well, the guys went off, but we were able to withstand that um, and win two games. And I didn't think, even though Joel's presence is great for us and it helps us a great deal and opens a lot of things up. I don't think he was your normal Joel, you know, I think he was, um, play well and help us win, but I don't think he was as dominant as we've seen him play leading up to this point. Um, so hopefully, you know, now that he's kind of played a couple of games, that's what we'll see going forward. But I think it was the effort. I think it was the defense and it was the confidence that continued to grow once we kind of won a game or once we kind of had some rhythm back at home. Deja. I think they look comfortable playing together. Um, like Harden said, they're still two months in. But uh, you can see he getting better by the game. And that's also three games in a row. I'm not counting the two without Embiid. But the last three games of that team playing together with Embiid, they play like desperate ball, the game six in Toronto and then these two. Um, so right now that's three games in a row that they played that they feel like they have to win and must win games and hopefully just keep just carrying it on over. Um they're playing with urgency, um, and they're playing decisive. Like uh, the way Harden played last game, is just keep playing. I don't know about taking close to twenty shots a game. I don't know if he's going to shoot that well, but he was due um, for for a good shooting game. And uh, Danny Green, uh, man, I, I dogged him so hard on our last show. Uh -huh. I dogged him so we average out. <laughs> I dogged him so hard. Uh, I still don't know about the ten million, but um, great game. And I, I mean, I he doesn't have to even do that. I mean, that's the that's the beauty of the build of this team. You have, but he needed he needed that to average out. Though. Oh yeah, he, oh he did. Yeah, <laughs> now just give us like two again. Give us like two of five. Like they, yeah. I don't need six, six or eight, or don't they even do that. Just just two of five. Go back giving us like six points. As long as the top four guys, we're very top heavy, but as long as the other guys can give us, you know, four to six points each, and then the other guys just do their job and give us that seventeen to twenty-two a game. We'll score. It's, it's, the one the one thing I've I, I I know and one thing I've noticed and I believe in it's one thing about there's a difference between making threes and making timely threes. Um Danny has historically made timely threes. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, where the team needs it, you know, they're on a run or we, or we on a run and he'll knock that shot down. So for Danny is more, yes, we need you to make shots, but we need you to make those shots. And big those moment. timely threes, they need the big where they're doubling and just leaving you wide open to break that run, to spark a run. Um, that's where I think, because he plays, he plays so many crucial minutes. Um, he's usually in and winning time. He's usually in at the end of the game. So, um, that one shot that kind of breaks the the it's almost like it breaks the spirit of the other team are those timely shots that what I think that that kind of mean more and that's what you talk about hit those two or two or three threes that's what we mean like it's you know you make a couple in the first quarter and then and you don't make them in the fourth what are we gonna remember <laughs> yeah exactly and then you knew he was feeling good when he came on the ball with the ball in his hands on the court. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, he's feeling it, dude. He, yeah. he, that is not a Danny Green shot. Like, it's not something he doesn't, like, practice probably. But, you know, it was there and it was open and he feels good. Take it. I mean, he deserved it. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he usually takes transitions threes if he's wide open. He very rarely takes them when he's contested. Yeah, but he is um, – he sounds like a heat killer. Let's call him the cooler. How about that? A little nickname for Danny <laughs> against, against the heat. Uh, and, and Harden, very timely – they weren't just threes that we were in a blowout that he was just piling on. He were making runs every yes. time, and we needed an answer back. And yes. he and, and they actually, I liked Miami's defense against Embiid in that fourth quarter. Adebayo was doing a really good job not letting us get him the ball, and we were spending 10, 15 seconds of the shot clock trying to kind of position to get him the ball, and it wasn't working. And Harden was like, all right, well, here we go. Just launch them and hit them. I mean, incredible, incredibly timely shots. Um, so yeah, and that's where I think with Joel that part of him not being, you know, like missing time, him getting the rhythm because it was a lot of times that he had smaller guys on him. He's still trying to go 15, 17 feet out just to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas sometimes you almost got to go deeper in the post if you know you got a matchup to sacrifice that's a sacrifice because you know the first thing they're going to do is put two people on you so that's going to that automatically just by you going down there opens up the offense and opens up shots for us by doing that but that also takes a little more effort to go down there so that's why I think the more he kind of gets his legs back the more he can do those things and even without the basketball open up shots for us and doc even said in game that he felt um the reporter said this. I didn't hear Doc say it, but he said that, he said Doc said that he felt like we were trying to get him the ball so so hard, such a hard effort on it that it took us out of the mm-hmm. playing style that we we had that was working. Actually, it, it was it was um, a cohesive unit, but we kind of would stop it to be like, okay, now we really need to get Joel the ball. And then we'd spend like, you know, 10, like we said, 10, 10, 10 seconds trying to get him the ball. And it would just take us out of a rhythm. And then you force yourself. He was getting it away from the basket. <laughs> it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was getting the D. Now I could see spending that time if he's getting that ball one foot in the paint, but yeah. not 17 feet out. Yeah. Taking all that time. Yeah. Uh, there was something, um, I think it was Spolster's uh, uh, post game where he said he liked the the defense they had uh, towards the end of the game. And he said he kind of, and it makes me wonder if they're going to replicate that tonight. Um, but he was saying, you know, they were making their threes. And, you know, was, he goes, if you look, if you look at the, the last few threes they had in the game, it was the shot clock had gone down a three, two, and then we were popping a three and making it. Yep. Do you see them kind of replicating what they were doing at the end of the game there? Or is that just more situationally? You can't really start out going that way. 
Well, I think that um, if they feel like what they did defensively um, was encouraging and they feel that it was it was it was a good setup, yes, they'll maintain it. They'll address um, closeouts, um, you know, maybe anticipating the pass or anticipating guys um, passing the basketball a little more stunning and faking and getting back out to the shooters. So they'll make adjustments like that. But I think for the for the most part. Um, they're going to still put the, the attention on Joel and James. Um, that, that's what they're going to do. That's their game plan, and I don't see that changing at all. I just think that they'll put a point of emphasis on getting out to shooters, especially once they, you know, once we've made a few few shots from behind the line. Yeah. On um, one last question, um, as far as what the Heat were doing this in the fourth quarter. They were doing um, something where it was getting Butler and Embiid, Embiid guarding Butler um, in the fourth quarter. And Butler was actually having a pretty good, pretty good time scoring on Embiid um, down kind of in the mid range area. What were they doing to try to get that matchup? Because it was kind of they kind of a small ball lineup in there at that at the time when they were getting kind of twofold. One, you you know, Jimmy. The one thing about Jimmy is Jimmy's very good at drawing fouls. Um, two, it makes Joel has to extend his defense and come up and defend. Um, so now you're getting him. The, the, the one thing that when I came into the NBA, I learned is that a top player, the one thing you want to get, always have him do is defend. Uh, so if you look all the way through throughout the whole playoffs this season, you see time after time, you know, the Suns is trying to get Luca to defend and somebody else trying to get, you know, they trying to try to get Chris Paul to defend or Booker and all these other guys. You look throughout, you know, everywhere. You're trying to get, you know, Boston's trying to get Tatum and Brown to defend, and that that's what you try to do. You're trying to um, trying to make sure that you get him moving, active. So now when he comes down that offense van, he's kind of spent a little bit, especially for a guy that's missed some time. So I think it was a, you know, an effort for them to try to get him going, get him trying to be active, draw some fouls, and at the same time wear him down for the offensive man. And, it's, it, and you, I don't think there's anybody, maybe you got Bam and then maybe Jimmy, I don't think there's anybody else that can pretty much put that kind of pressure on Joel where he has to really sit down and strap up and play some defense the way he does when he's defending those two guys. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, he was doing a good job too when he was just letting him, I just give him the three. I mean, I just don't especially at Butler's, the amount of effort and the pressure on him to initiate, especially now without Lowry, but to, to initiate the offense and control the entire tempo for them, I just don't think, especially late in games, he's not going to have that juice to hit those those long threes. I mean, he's, he's 25% in the series, um, and he hasn't – I don't think he had a very good year period shooting statistically in three-pointer. So if I was in B, man, just give him that, give him that space. But. Yeah, you be a second jumper. I, I, I say be a second jumper, um, but you got to contest it. Yeah, um, yeah, and beat so long, he can give him a little contest. Space. You can give him some space, and, and then and, and then get out and make it. Um, yeah, with a second jump, but it, it, it does come to a point if he's how many does he make before you make a change? I mean, I guess that's yeah. up to you know up to Doc and his defense and decisions, but um, you do have to come out there and, and, and give him a contest. But you just got to make sure that. He doesn't get in that paint. He doesn't get around you and get us in foul trouble or get him or get Joel in foul trouble. And then all of a sudden they start kicking off for those threes, um, which we know that when they can get hot, especially at home. 
they need to call some of those travels too because Jimmy's dragging that <laughs> that pivot for like none other on a couple that's, of them. That, that's that could be a universal call though. So yeah, let's, that's that's true. Let's, let's kind of give on that. A couple of those up and under getting Joel on. He was that that foot was <laughs> that, we gotta we gotta be careful when we actually dragging like a sideline catch. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, uh, last question on this. Uh, so Lowry's not playing tonight. Um, and I've seen some Sixer fans who are kind of upset by it because they say the first two games they're without Lowry and they actually looked pretty good offensively without Lowry. Um, do you think this impacts them negatively or positively uh, tonight, Eric? I mean, he is hobbling. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's negative. I would just say that we were home and we played better. Um, they've, I think they've shown that they're better team at home so we just have to go down there and and, and get a game we, we knew coming to the series we have to win a game on the road so um we still got a chance to do that you know hopefully let's let's get it done in, in game five yeah yeah hopefully um and i think i believe it's the only series so far uh yeah it is the only series so far that uh both the home teams won all their games every other team two, two game win streaks each yep so it's bound. It's bound. It's bound to happen. So hopefully that happens tonight. Um, Phoenix, the Phoenix, and um, is the Phoenix and the, the Mavericks like that? I think hey, wait, it went one, 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 Maybe. I thought. Hmm. I thought it went one, one. No, Mavericks and yeah, Mavericks won both games. Um, at home. I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I had to think about it. Yeah, they did. I could have seen yeah, when yeah. they won. They won the yep. first game, and then because um, Chris had the turnovers, that's right. The next yep. game, Chris fouled out. All uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, to, to one of two series that that happened so far. Um, yeah. Okay. So, but hopefully, you know, at both series, the, uh, a road team's got to win at some point, or a team's got to win on the road at some point. Yes. Um, Better hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soon, seriously. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, moving on to the next topic, and I feel like this is a topic that you know everyone's kind of beat to a dead uh, a dead horse on this one, uh, but. Uh, as some of us expected, um, Woj reported that uh, Jokic will be indeed winning his back-to-back MVP uh, this year. Um, so now that we know the outcome, that MB did not get the award, um, my question to you guys is, do, do you agree uh, that jo- with Jokic getting the award over Embiid? Also, kind of a, a, another question to that, do you think this is good timing for a pissed-off Embiid as we head into uh, Game 5 tonight? <clears throat> well, I mean, I would hope that he's pissed off because – we got a chance to win a championship. I mean, we're still playing. So I would think that that's the motivation more than anything outside of an individual award. Um, but I think that, yes, I think it could help help us in the fact that, you know, you want to go out and show um, that he deserved it. But I think that's his approach every game. So I don't think that's going to necessarily juice him up because I think he be- he believes he was the MVP and he believes, he you know, he can help us win a championship. So, that's all the motivation he needs. Um, as far as Jokic winning, doesn't surprise me um, that he was picked. Um, you know, I just think I, I I just think it's the criteria for voting and vote is it's just the scar. Like you just you just don't know. It's no criteria. It's no vote this way. Like it's just I don't even know who votes. Like I, I just think that. You know, you just—it's just interesting. Like one year, they one year winning matters. Uh, uh, the next year, winning doesn't matter. Um, you know, but the one thing I can say is usually when guys win it back to back like this, you never hear from them again. <laughs> so those same voters never vote for them again. 
<laughs> he got he got his. Now get him out of here. He got his. So you know, just you know, LeBron, Giannis, and you know those guys winning back back and still have great years. And people just be like, no, they're not the MVP. Well, why not? They're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and teams are winning. They're doing the same thing. So I just find it very interesting that when they do that, and guys get those same stats, then all of a sudden now they're not the MVP anymore. If you yeah. felt that way about him, then why don't you? Why do you not still feel the same way about him? Especially that, next that, year. Imagine if Denver has like a top three seed, they're, and they're, they're going to be better next year. You know they're going. How to are be you better. not going to vote for his numbers then, are going to be similar? So why not vote for him again? Like that's what I don't understand. Yeah. Um. Just like it's just like the spur of the moment thing. Like it's I don't I just have no like what are they voting like uh, analytics? Like I get analytics, I totally do, but some of it got to be about winning. Some of it got to be about impact on your team. Playoffs. Like, I mean, gotta, I mean, could, <laughs> they, made, they made the playoffs, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I've had people tell me, well, he played without two starters. Um, well, we played without one, too. Mm-hmm. That happens to be an all-star mm-hmm. for the majority of the season. And the so, drama surrounding it. Yeah. so It so, wasn't just a guy out. It was a guy yes. creating problems within our team. So we, we we had that same issue. And you guys say, well, Denver had two starters. But one of the starters, y'all bad-mouthed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you bad-mouthed the, the one starter now since he's not playing. That they, you know, he's so great. Like, come on, man. You can't have it. It's just people seem to, just like in almost everything else, Whoever they like or whoever they want, they develop the narrative to be able to defend that. And, and that's what it comes down to. And to me, that's not a criteria. That's being able to develop a narrative to fit however you feel and not truly looking at, you know, the impact of the game and the impact that people have on their team and their dominance in the league. Yeah. I think we also need to vote on the voters. Like who who decides on the voters? Who, who's, whose decision is that? I, I, I I'm just saying. I, I, just, I have no I have no idea who votes. I, yeah, I don't know. And who who like? Do you just get a random like anonymous call from a guy in a parking lot going, "I'd right, be here by this time." You're you're now a vote. I just I, I mean who, to me, I, I think you know just like you decide that. Just we used to always. I, I can remember when one of my teams and we were we wanted to have a, a vote on something. And, okay. and Coach Brown was like, well, we can have two votes. And we'll see if the votes are the same. And he said it to me. He said, the first vote we can have is private. Mm. And then the vote first, the second vote, Public. we'll have in front of the team. Um, but most likely, you, you know, you don't want to do that because it ends up being different. Yeah, and and I that's think, what I think these votes are. They want they want the players to do all this stuff on live TV and the All Star Game vote. Um, vote for their players on live. T- let, let, let everybody else stand by your vote. Stand by your vote on, on national TV. All a these people get all these votes. A lot of them. Yeah, you have some people that say who they vote yeah. for, but I think everybody should be able to do. It. So if you if you getting this vote, let everybody know who you voting for. I, I think I don't think that'll necessarily, you know change anything but it will make people have to address it and, I also, and then when they have to address it they may teen, tend to think differently i also think social media plays such a large part because 
you have guys with, with verified check marks on Twitter who get all these retweets and all these likes from these cool joke Jokic stats at all the time. Like yes. he did this tonight. First guy in the last 16 years to do this after a back to back playing in Denver. It's like, all right, cool. Like, that, that, I mean, that's, that's the part that I, that's see, this is my biggest issue with people that give all these numbers about Jokic, all these numbers, because when Russell and James was doing that, you killed him. Mm-hmm. But but are they winning? You killed him. But are they winning? And James won. Yeah, he got pretty far. He got further. Yes, he won. He won. Yeah. He had one of the top three teams in the West every year. It's well, it's so bad that now they're asking him to do it, what they criticized him yes, for again. Yes. He's not even shooting 20 shots anymore. Yes. What happened to James? Because he's not doing that same thing they criticize him. That they criticize. So so that's my same thing. Like I, I tell people all the time, like I'll I'll it's something very interesting that people and this 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 is my my way of showing you guys it's an eyeball test matters you got Steph Curry you got Russell Westbrook you got James Harden all played around the same time right mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you poll most people the majority would say Steph Curry mm-hmm. is the better player correct Yes. Had the better career, correct? Yep. If you go look at the NBA stats, James and Russell has more points, rebounds, mm-hmm. and assists. Oh, yeah. James, in his time, his stats are like – Has more – Out of this they, world. They have more points than Steph Curry. Yeah. So, so, so you can't tell me the eyeball test don't matter. Yeah. You, you just got to put him on the team with – you know, three other. I'm Hall just of saying you. I'm just saying you can't tell me the eyeball test don't matter. Is it? Yeah. Because if you, if people that people that kids is going to grow up and not see them play are going to look at those stats. That's what they're going to look at. Mm-hmm. And they're going to see that it, across the board they got more. Yeah, and and, and B. So, so you can't tell me the eyeball don't matter then. But Embiid has all of that. He's got the wins. He's got the eyeball. He's got stats. He's got stats up the ass. That's what's like. He's got them so, all. He's so, likable. So, yes. You know? uh, that, that's, like what, so what, that's, what's, that's why it's kind of puzzling to a lot of people. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, but it's more puzzling to us as, Philly, as Sixer fans than other people. Um, I, even, I even think so. I, 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 mean, I, I talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people that don't cheer for us. Um, and a lot of them are like, yeah, they like, yeah, I don't think he, I think he should win, but I don't think he will. I have people that tell me Giannis should have won it in front of both of them. So, um, so I've kind of seen it. I see it differently from, from, from different perspectives. I get it dif- from different perspectives. Um, I'm just saying, I just don't like when people just say, throw these stats out here and, and try to make it seem like the eyeball test don't matter. That's why I gave the example that I gave because that show, that, that right there to me confirms that eyeball, the eyeball test matters. And I think it should be like that every time. But at the end of the day, just like everything else, put your, put your name on it. You vote however you vote. Let's put, put some names on these votes. Yeah. And then we can notice. So, so now when you get to talking and, and doing all this talking and, and posting all this stuff, um, we can we can know how you really feel. Yeah, it's become such a clout war though because you have these guys who have been 
you know, on the Jokic train for like two years now. So come hell or high water, they're voting him. Like that's their guy. That yeah. they're, they're I have no the issue. Staff. I have no issue with that. I have no issue with people voting for him. I I, I think he he's a heck of a player. Absolutely, that he's an MVP caliber player every year. All I'm saying is, I think it's an emotional I, vote, though. I think that's too I, emotional. I, I I think it's just people look at him and they like what he do because of what they believe. The way they see the game out of the lens that they look out of the game is is how they vote. So they see him in that way because they look and they like from a analytics or stat standpoint, I see his dominance. But I'm saying, yes, I understand analytics very well, but I also watch the game and I see impact. I see um, dominance. And, and, and people can get I've seen people get numbers and not dominate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So to me, that matters. That matters. LeBron James got numbers, but he dominated. Yeah, it's too personal for some. Like like, like Bill Simmons said. Giannis, Giannis gets numbers, but he dominates. They were talking about uh, rookie of the year votes. You know, Bill Simmons had that famous F uh, Jalen Green quote. It was like, man, you're a voter, dude. You shouldn't be saying F yes. anybody. What do you mean? What do you mean F somebody? Like, well, you're you're not just some fan. That, you've made it personal. Yeah, you're not some fan off the street because you don't like them now. You're not going to vote. But for you them? think you think that that don't matter? That's that's all through these voters. Oh, of course. Who they don't like and who they do like. Personally. You know how many of these guys didn't like the process publicly? That didn't like the whole thing that Sixers did? A lot of them didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even think this is a process. I think Joel is just good. Say about no process. A hundred percent, but a lot of them tie that together. It's like, I don't want to give any validation to that entire thing they did because I spoke bad about it publicly for so long. He's the only guy left from that. That's the thing, though, because if you you say, oh, he got his MVP, it's now validated. Process worked. And I I think the opposite. I don't think the process has has worked at all. (laughs) I, I think they could accomplish the same thing trying to win because other teams have. Yeah, <laughs> it depends yeah, I mean, on who you, you drafted. You get lucky. Oh, look at Maxi. We weren't doing process. That's what I'm saying. Like, 21st pick overall, we got him. Thing. That's lucky. Other, though. That's lucky. other teams have done the same thing by their draft picks. Yeah, Phoenix Suns, their starters are. They got three starters. They drafted two Gold, free agents. Golden State, Golden State, all their draft picks. Memphis, their four the best Clark. players are all their draft picks. Memphis. So it's it's been done. So I don't I don't. I think I, that's that was my only issue with the process. I think it could have been done while you still tried to win. Yeah. But we did get James Harden by trading someone we got through the process. So even though they're not the same players, uh, uh, they're assets we collected through the process. That yeah, we, we but we players. gave up three players for James. They they did. Yep. <laughs> they did. So they, like it, it comes to a point where everybody can't be from the process. Yeah, Tobias too was definitely <laughs> traded for guys that we had through the process. But Tobias was traded for who? We we gave we we had process players in that, right? We gave we right. gave Covington was in that trade, right? Covington. No, Covington was the no, Butler Covington trade. was the Butler trade. Butler trade. Um he was uh, a, a collection of picks and gosh, man, who else was involved in that? Was that the Sarge one? No, Sarge was also in the Butler one, I believe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, the uh the um the uh, Tobias one was what's his name? The, the Gar from uh, which which also yep. 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 But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. anyway, I just think, yeah, it's way too personal for people. 
Um, you can hear in their voices. You can hear their voices when they do our games. You can tell who's just a fan of us or not. It's so easy. But all these guys have yeah, votes. I just think it's just don't like Philly. Just don't like him. Yeah. I just don't think that that's just yeah. that that's not out there. That is out there. They just don't like him. They just don't like Philly. They just don't like him. And like I said, it's how they it's the lens that they watch the game out of. Mm-hmm. So how they feel about the game and how they look at it will help them to help them determine who they feel is the, the most valuable. So if a guy is, is stat watching the majority of the game and he can look and he don't really see the guy, he see a guy doing some stuff and he's seven foot tall and oh my goodness, look what he can do out there at seven foot. Then you look at the box score, you're like, wow, look what this, he had this. And this is the first time he's ever had, this is ever, someone's ever had these numbers. They had, they had nothing to do with, Winning that didn't even matter. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So some of the things that we say Joel brings to the table don't matter to them. Yep. But they but they got a vote. So that's what I'm saying. Like, but they got a vote. So who's these voters? Put your name on it, have a better criteria, vote in person, vote live. Then all of a sudden you'll see people like, yo, man, he don't need no vote. Like, 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 why do, why does like I think you got to, just like the All-Star game, they changed the voting for a reason. Um, players need to vote, dude. I think players need listen, to vote. I just, I just think it needs you need a mixture of votes and the percentage of those mm-hmm. votes come just like the All-Star game. And, and people still got mad when Wiggins made the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I was wondering. I'm just saying, but it happened. Um, but they changed it for that reason because the more a guy that was – you know, Yao Ming was getting more votes than Shaq, and we all know he wasn't the better player. Yeah, I remember back in the day, Penny was playing eight games a season. He was getting in the, in the uh, yeah. So, so it was. Oh, so they changed it because they felt like you needed to kind of some more voices other than the fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think players know who players know. Players, players do players, know. Players know, and they'll tell the but, truth but, too. But, but players got narratives too. They have friends. They have friends. <laughs> they got narratives as well. They don't like a guy. So it could get personal with players as well. That's why I'm saying you got to have a mixture of it. I'm mm-hmm. not saying the people that are voting shouldn't vote. I'm just saying you got to have a mixture. Yeah, I agree. Voting. Just like, like not, not maybe as similar to the All-Star game, but I'm saying a mixture of voting like the All-Star game does. Yeah. But that's across the board. That's for all voting. And then I you have the playoffs in there, and you make me a happy man. <laughs> yeah, every playoffs is, you know, it's not going to happen, man. Everything's not equal in the playoffs. Everybody's not playing the same on the game. That's why I, I know, I know. That's I why know. If the stats are different. But let me ask you, though, if playoffs are considered, Embiid, I think, would be voted MVP. Uh, you better be careful because Giannis could be. Yeah, but we saw our team without Embiid, and we collapsed like a house of cards. So we saw. And the we difference. also see Giannis scoring 30 points a game. True, but MB without I'm just saying, so you got to be careful. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I don't think it'll be a lock. I think from our perspective, because we're fans of the Sixers and fans of Joe, right? But I'm talking about nationally. It would be those two, though. I I think nationally it would be a lot tougher. It would be those two, then Jokic, though, right? Which I I agree with, too. I think that should be that way. We saw players elevate one without Middleton, their second best player. He, he did exactly what everyone said Jokic did all year. Yeah. And then you saw one guy not play for two games and his team collapsed. 
So those two guys should elevate over Jokic and the playoffs kind yeah, of I mean this I I get your point, but I totally do, but but people are not gonna put um nah. so much emphasis on four or five games yeah, over the season. And if you were, if you guys listened to the uh, the Friday telecast, um, uh, JJ Reddick, who was the person who actually made, had that argument about they need to involve the playoffs, he actually re- reiterated again on the telecast saying, you know, torn ligament and the orbital fracture. I think this guy should be MVP. Um, but I will say though, forget about the playoffs aspect. They need to give out this award right when the regular season ends. The fact that it it, it strings along, so we're, we're three weeks into the playoffs right now, and we, we're, we haven't even given the award out yet. It's, it's a report from when Woj. It's not an actual, like, it, it's not even, it hasn't been announced yet. We're three weeks into the playoffs right now. If we're going to give it out three weeks in the playoffs, let's include the playoffs, but it's a regular season reward. Let's get it out right when the 82 games are done. I, I, I think it'll avoid a lot of this kind of contention that a lot of people have, because we've been, we've been over this by now. I, I don't think, I, I, it's, it's never been an issue. It's, it's only been the issue when so many people have voices. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, was, it was never, it was never an issue. Um, you may have a perspective when somebody wanted over Jordan or somebody wanted there's not, but it, it was never this many opinions about it. Yeah. Um, you know, in previous years, I think this year is because it was so tight. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have, you know, three people that were fighting for it, but people complain when Steve Nash won. That was yep. that was huge. Oh yeah, he got, he got brought up yesterday and today. About, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, those are huge complaints. And 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 and, and my issue with that is he'll burn up. My issue with that is when Steve won, they put it all about winning. Yeah, they Fits put it all about winning. That was the defense of Steve winning. They won. It got him his trophy. Now that doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, and, and, you know, with what you said, Eric, you know, uh, Jokic, we may never hear from him again as far as the MVP award because he got two and that might be done. It, it might enhance NBA's chances next year. It'll be him, Luca, and Booker, the next three guys who haven't gotten an award yet who, might, who the NBA yeah, is really pushing. So It'll be tough to do Luca if he's, if he's in the top again. <laughs> that might be the same <laughs> argument as um, I think the people that, that love Jokic from a stat, from an analytics, I, those same people love Luca too. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> yeah, it'll, Luke, it'll Luke is actually someone. If he had a playoff push, his horse would be going catching up to the other three. I, I, my, my belief is if you, if Jokic was your MVP, then why not Luca? His team was better. Yeah, his numbers are comparable or better. And they made a midseason trade. And and I think he's a little more dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do I know though? <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, and the other thing is too, we don't really know the votes yet. So I uh, was uh, Ramona Shelburne on ESPN was saying she goes, we talked about NBA possibly, you know, so close with Jokic. She goes, he might even be third on the on the ballots. We don't even know yet. He might even be third. Remember, I told you guys that the the three three different players. You never know how the voting was going to go. Yeah, I mean, third place or fourth place votes people were getting. That's still going to determine. I think if if he doesn't even if he's not in second place, that's not close. That's going to be another issue. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then I'll be a topic on the show when that does come out. <laughs> yep. Uh, but all right, fellas. Uh, we're going to go to the final segment here. It's uh, game predictions for tonight at Miami. 
Um, so the question is, are we going to go down 2-3 or we go uh, up 3-2 headed back to Philly? Uh, we're currently a three-point underdog, which when the line first opened up, we were a three-and-a-half-point underdog. But right now, it's three points. Um, and who do you guys have and why uh, in Game 5 tonight? Uh, well, you know me. I, I picked six, so I have to say we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have us winning. Um, tight one, but you know we'll pull it out in the fourth quarter. Get to the, we'll make some buckets, hit some timing threes, get to the free throw line, a good deal in the fourth quarter, um, knock them down, and and we like show we were one of the top free throw shooters, shooting teams like we were, and we'll we'll get this victory. We'll outplay them down at home, and they will miss Kyle Lowry not playing um, today. Hey. So a lot of Heat fans said that their problems from last game where Lowry played injured slowed them down. Uh, they need Duncan Robinson's minutes and shooting. They won't shoot that poorly again, and we won't shoot that well again. Um, I think a couple of those will change. I think Duncan will play more. Um, I, I think he'll he'll hit shots, but he'll also be a defense liability. I think not having Lowry will help them because it'll give Gabe Vincent like a full role again, not just coming in for like two minutes spurts trying to fill in. I think he plays better when he's got a more defined role. Um, but I don't think we'll shoot that poorly as we did in game one and two again. Um, I think we have I think we have more of a rhythm now. We we have Embiid. That, that's a big difference from games one and two. I think we win tonight. Um, I think we uh, the spreads what two now? It was Plus three. It, it, it was three before we got on the show. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think I think we I think we pull it out. I think, I think it's a close game. I think it's in single digits. Uh, mid, like, I think we went like four or five. Um, I think we pull it out. Yeah, I have to agree with both you guys. Um, I I think it's going to be in six, like Eric said. Uh, I, I think we win tonight, and I think you know everyone thinks this whole. I, I don't think six though. You think you think we win at seven? You think we? Lose I think we. All? I think we. I think we win this game. I think we lose in Philly because we get complacent. I think we go back to Miami, have to win that in seven. Gosh, I hope not. Um, he's just I, sticking with his vote. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think it would end up like this, believe me. But uh, I think it's funny. I think it'll go from everyone winning at home to the next two road teams win. I think that's just how it shakes out. Yeah. Do you guys think Harden has a repeat uh, performance of, of what he did on Sunday? Or as we go back to what we what we know Harden as since he's been with Philly, like, you know, 20 and nine, 20 and nine or 21 and nine kind of game? Yeah, I don't think he has. I, I don't think that's a road game for him. I think that's a home game. Okay. I think that he he's consistent. Um, he makes shots, suits a good percentage, uh, but I don't see a thirty point game. I'm going to say nineteen and eleven from Harden, and that's solid. That for us, that's solid. But the uh, the Stephen A's of the world want to see thirty five in order for uh, in order for Harden uh, to be to be great. So yeah, they want thirty five on thirty shots, and us lose by tens. What they want, so they can complain about his thirty shots uh, taking. That yeah. it's unreal. They keep moving the goalposts with the guy. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Exactly. Unreal. But all right, fellas, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. Um, we'll see you guys on Friday. And hopefully, by that point, we have game sixes on Thursday. So hopefully, it's a closeout or um, we're going to a game seven, worst case. So hopefully. So hopefully, it's one of those two. So we'll see you guys Friday. All right. Thank all you, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.